I just walked away from it. I had a church hurt and I just decided I'm not going back anymore. She said, you let God down. And I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't let God down. And I sat there in that church. I said, God, if you still want me to preach your word, give me the book and the chapter that this pastor is going to preach from. And I opened up to Ezekiel 37. Can these bones live? Open up his text. He said, I want you all to turn to Ezekiel, chapter number 37. And I couldn't do nothing but cry because I knew that was God. And from that moment on, I started what they call fleecing God. Welcome back. Today is another Friday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Anchored and Devoted Day. You know you love it. I'm Pastor Joseph Ann. Hey, I'm Pastor Jair Ann. We have another pastor. Can you believe it? <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought we were going to stop, but we didn't stop. It just pastor keeps, like, Bernard like, Winchester. Keeps That's right. God blessed us with another brother from a different mother, same father. That's right. In heaven. First That's Baptist right. Church of Fairmont Heights. I'm so excited to hear because we have been away for too long from one another. And so I will not hold you back any further. Do you have anything you want to say to get us started? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. I'm glad to be a part of, 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 of this uh, family of Christ, and I look forward to uh, hopefully trying to be a blessing. It's a pleasure to have you. And Dave, that was that was that was so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Put me right on the spot. <laughs> and you're it. <laughs> and I'm like a deer in headlights, right? <laughs> Here's the so baton. Great. Go. <laughs> so great. I love you, brother. I love you too, love my you. friend. <laughs> love you both, man, with the love of Christ. Amen. What What is your role now at Wood Street? Instead of dean, now they're calling they're calling us chairs. So I'm the chair of upper school. Oh, the chair of the upper school. Oh, yes, that's impressive. Yes, sir. Um, it sounds entertaining. Entertaining, energetic, <laughs> <laughs> intriguing. However <laughs> you want to say it, you've been there, done that, so you know what, what that role is. Um, How long have you been in this role now? It actually just started this year. Just okay. started this year. I'm in my ninth year there. Um, so I guess they decided wow. to modify some things. Wow, 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 some wow. Things nine around. years. Yeah, man, time flies. I remember the first day I met you. Yes. Um, I think it was in June, July of, of <laughs> 2015. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Dave, is that when you started the Woodstream? No, I started, um, I want to say it was the year before that, because um, I'm trying to remember... When you came in, what was happening? I was trying to remember who was there. Uh, we were over in, in, in sports and learning right. context. Correct. And I think that was the last year we were there. Mm -hmm. uh, I came in and it was, I met you and Dr. Bailey at, at, at uh, WCA right. uh, in the lounge. Um, and um, 2015, what was going on? We so were. I've been there. I've been there. That was that year that you came. You said it was the last year we were over there. Mm -hmm. That was my fourth year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember meeting you, interviewing you, and 
loving that you were going to be joining our team because, you know, you're a good dude, a good brother. Oh, bless and, you, uh, sir. I'll send um, a check in the mail. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't need to worry about it. Um, bless you, man. To God be praised. So what brought you to Woodstream? Actually, it was the Lord. Um, I That's good. Not. Um, I, I say that in all um, sincerity because I don't do anything without asking God, God, what is it that you want me to do? Um, because I'm a firm believer, if God doesn't will it, you don't want it. So I, I had to ask, did God bring you there like the Ethiopian eunuch or like Jonah? <laughs> <laughs> Neither. <laughs> he came willingly and he was informed. I came willingly. Cool. He was informed. I actually, I asked God, um, is this what he wanted me to do? Because, and, and the only reason I asked God was because, um, I don't know if you remember, um, Dr. Joseph, if you remember, um, Dean Sampson. Yes, I remember. She, her, her mom, mm -hmm. her mom was instrumental. If you re remember, my son who had just graduated college was supposed to come. But for whatever reason, his resume or application, it didn't fit. It wasn't, it didn't work out. Um, I don't know if that was the case. What, but for long story short, I ran into her mom. And mm. for five days straight, I mean, in odd places, Home Depot, gas stations, <laughs> grocery store. And each day she would ask me, did you put your resume in? And I was like, I, I, no, ma'am, I didn't. Um, because she... Uh, Dr. Sampson at the time with Dean Sampson and I, we, we, we were associates from the same church. And so she asked me, she kept asking me, did I put my resume in? I was like, no. And so finally, after about the fifth time running into her <laughs> asking me that, I say, well, God, is this what you're trying to tell me to do to put my resume in? And long, I did. And after the first day of meeting them and, and having an interview, um, they hired me the same day. And I say, yep, okay, I God, this that. must be you. This I must be you. We hired you on the spot. <laughs> you did. That's incredible. There was I, I no remember, back and forth. <laughs> I remember um, Dr. Bailey coming in for a, a good two or three minutes. And it's like, I'm good. <laughs> uh, five minutes. So, <laughs> did you have any questions? She said, no, I don't have any questions. I remember um, it being quick. I remember it being as you stated, very much an easy interview. And um, I remember that um, in the interview, you were clear on wanting um, to pour into others. And that, I did. again, that made it easy to say yes. It wasn't about, um, I've been on a couple of interviews where you could tell it was a stepping stone kind of thing. And it was mm -hmm. nice to hear that your goal wasn't to come you know, learn and then move on to the next thing. But it really was to um, come and be a part of something unique and, mm -hmm. and to bring all of yourself into that space. And so, I mean, I, I remember you telling me at the time that, you know, you were pastoring and yep. um, I got to meet your bride later, but you told me you're married and, um, mm -hmm. and yep. you told me, you know, all the things that you were doing. And it was just like, okay, this brother reminds me of myself as far as, wanting to be intentional um, that's awesome to not just um do a good job but to do it in a way um that glorifies god through generations and so 
I, I, remember that, I remember that interview well, and, and you're absolutely correct. Those are the same, same things that we shared um, moving into it. And, and, and after I joined the team, in the, or uh, I shall say family, I never mm. ran into her again. Mm. Never ran that? into her again. Now, understand, Jer. So, Jeremy, Bernard, Bernard, Jeremy. Um, well, hello there, sir. <laughs> Welcome hey, to Anchor Devoted. I, I, I um. Uh, I've known Jeremy for way too long. Um, since we're both eternal, that's always fun. Um, and so are you. You get to know him now. He's like a brother to me. Like honestly, my mom asks about him at least once a week. Um, so oh, you really wow. should call. Um, <laughs> yes, <I> should. <laughs> you should call. <laughs> Please call her. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> and um, it's. It's one of those things where, um, uh, at least through Anchored and Devoted this season, we're trying to highlight good pastors that are, you know, doing the good work. And um, I laugh because you call me uh, Dr. Joseph, and you are doctor as well. When we first started nine years ago, <laughs> you didn't have your doctorate, and I remember yeah. encouraging—I remember encouraging you on that as well. And um, um, that it just excites me that you are still a learner and you're yes. um not just a learner for the you know title um mm-hmm. but for um uh, recognizing that as a shepherd we should be seeking um to love those around us as best as possible and it makes no sense to um limit what god is going to do in our lives with a lack of information um and so You've been getting the skills and tools needed to help those around you, as well as I'm happy to hear of the the promotion. And uh, again, congratulations. And Well, I solicit your prayers, my friend, and thank you, man. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely be praying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know um, wherever God guides, he provides. And so I'm, I'm just humbled enough that he's able to use me. Or, or willing to use me in that in that capacity, I believe Amen. in pouring into our, our youth and our young at heart, man, and and and, uh, and allowing um, God to do what only He can do. Um, one of the things I've learned in this tenure time at Woodstream is that uh, we might not have all of the answers, but if we put ourselves in God's hands and allow God to do what only He can do. Um, he will get the glory out of it because it's not about Winchester or it's not about any of us, but it's about God getting the glory and, and, and availing ourselves to him. Dr. Miles Monroe said something, uh, God rest his soul. He says, there's no telling what the man or woman uh, of God can do uh, if they avail themselves to God. And all he's looking for is availability. And That's so, a good uh, word. I'm availing myself to him to be used by him. There That's an excellent, excellent, timely word. So what is your, uh, what are your responsibilities at Woodstream at this point? Well, um, pretty much to facilitate upper school, to make sure that things run smoothly, um, make sure that the students um, are getting the grades that they should be getting, making sure the staff is getting everything that they need as well. Um, everybody having... Uh, their own clear and concise roles and responsibilities. And um, one of the things I've come to discover is when things go awry or things aren't going the way they should is because sometimes we have not clearly defined 
um, roles and responsibilities. For so sure. One, one, one of my uh, assignments is to make sure that things run smoothly, um, like an oiled machine, making sure that the students are getting the grades, the curriculum uh, that they need. But more importantly, also, not just getting secular knowledge, but spiritual knowledge. Um, we are a classical Christian school, and so in light of that, um, uh, we build our principles around biblical principles, each class. And so um, to be uh, honest with you as well, I've, I've had a tons of meetings. Seems like all I do is meet <laughs> with with parents and, and students. Um, but for the most part, um, that's my role and responsibility to ensure in a nutshell that everybody has all of their needs met. Um, and as a servant, we're here to serve them. Um, and so that's my role to serve the parents as well as the students. So for those who don't know, can you can you describe what it means to be a classical Christian school? A classical Christian school is one that is centered around a, uh, the biblical integration of, of not only uh, the Bible in every subject, but making sure that we um, enhance their knowledge um, from different genres of periods, uh, such as the uh, Renaissance period, um, um, such as different readings in English, um, making sure that they get a little bit more um, from the classical Christian school or private school as opposed to public school. Uh, one of the things we have there is called the thesis, um, where the uh, students have to put together a uh, clearly organized, concise paper um, of any particular subject matter that we give them, um, be it sports, be it spiritual, be it uh, political, uh, different arenas. And each each grade has to put together that paper that coincides with their year. So, for instance, if you're in the seventh grade, you have to put together a seventh grade, seven-page paper, um, eighth grade, so on and so forth. Um, okay. But, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm understanding. Yeah. I did not mean to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. And so, as a classical Christian education, um, we 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 try to make sure that we cover all of the different genres, all of the different periods, if you will, um, of a classical Christian education. Had you been doing that prior to uh, your tenure at Woodstream? Actually, before I came to Woodstream, I was pastoring and still pastoring. I'm in my 21st year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I guess, what. Nine years ago, so I was in my 12th year of pastoring at First Baptist Church of Family Heights, Maryland Incorporated. Uh, we're okay. getting ready to celebrate uh, 111 years next week. Ooh, that's cool. awesome. Yes, next week. And so we are um, um, excited about that. But yeah, I, I was I was pastoring as well as working with Verizon at the time. Okay. And I had to leave Verizon um, because pastoring... Uh, of course, as you know, it's a full-time job. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That it Absolutely. is, that it is. Now, how did you end up getting to that church, the Fairmont Heights? Wow. You got about an hour? I got I got 30 <laughs> minutes for it because I got other questions. <laughs> so you no, can take I'm just 30. kidding. <laughs> uh, again, long story short, God. God, in a nutshell. I put it in my book. I have a book called um, Pastoring 101. 
Um, and in that book, it entails that um, uh, for the most part, you want to make sure you're where God. One of the um, uh, chapters is you want to make sure you're where God wants you to be. Yes. Um, and as a consequence of that, um, I knew that the, um, I wasn't looking to pastor. And the time that I had came to this church, I had been at another location for six months, um, mm-hmm. pastoring, teaching, um, not do, doing the things that a pastor would do, um, preaching there every Sunday. And I just knew that was the church that God was going to call me to. Well, lo and behold, I get a letter from them saying, um, we decided to call someone else. And no sooner than I got that letter, the next day I get a call from First Baptist Family Heights wow. asking me to come be their pastor. And I said, well, God, if this is really where oh, you wow. want me to be, um, I'm from Missouri, not literally, but I say, I'm from Missouri, the show me state, you, you're going to have to show me. I said, if this is really where you want me to be, allow an old man and a young woman to join the church. Well, that Sunday, I preached from a mark when Jesus makes a house call and how Jesus was on his way to Jerry's house and he uh, blesses this woman with an issue of blood. And the young lady, when I finished that sermon, uh, when Jesus makes a house call, this old man and this young lady, um, and, and it touches me even to this day because I knew it was God, um, joy. And she said to me, she said, I don't go to church. I hadn't intended on going to church. <laughs> she said, I was ill. I was sick. Um, and I wasn't coming to church today, but something told me, get up and go to church. Mm. Um, and when she joined, and, and I kid you not, um, I said, well, God, okay, this is you. I knew this, it, it couldn't be nobody but you. That man that joined that uh, church today was Brother Breathway um, from um, Ghana, Africa. And that was his daughter-in-law who came with him that Sunday. Um, And about a year later, um, sad story, I I, I don't even know if it was a year later, maybe even six months later, um, she took her life Mm. and her little son's life. But I think God used her in that moment um, to show me that this is where he wanted me to be. Mm. Um, and And even before then, I had a meet and greet. I didn't even know that where this church was. And in that meet and greet, um, I'm driving and where I thought the church was, was on uh, First Baptist um, District Heights, so Capitol Heights, First Baptist Capitol Heights is on Old Central Avenue, if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with the area. And if you know our church, it's kind of easy to find, but it's hard to find. and so I'm driving and I pull up to this church and lo and behold, this is, that's not it. And I say, well, I say, well, Lord, I don't know where this church is, but if this is where you want me to go, uh, you're going to have to show me. And I just started driving and the spirit says, drive this street. And, and I turn here and then he says, turn off of Addison Road onto J Street. And I say, well, J for Jesus. I turned on J Street <laughs> and, and 
I get to J Street and it's really not the end of the road because you got to uh, make a left and a, and a right and just stay on J Street because it cuts off and then picks back up. And as I pull in the parking lot, I called my wife and I said, baby, I don't know where the church is. I don't know where it is, but I'm just going to try to pray and ask God and, and he's going to guide me if this is where he wants me to be. So as I'm pulling in the parking lot, by then the deacon, chairman of the deacon board has called her and asked her, is he coming? And she's explaining to him that he doesn't know where it is and he thought it was one place. And he's like, oh, wait, wait a minute, hold on. Does he drive a, a brown a Honda? And she's like, yes. He's like, oh, okay, this must be him pulling it up. And she's like, well, I don't know how he got there because he didn't know where it was. Um, but that's that was just God, man. That was just God. He he just led me to the place. And, and uh, as they say, the rest is history. All right. So I got a question for you. How did you learn to hear and trust the voice of God? Because this sounds like something that has been a part of your story for for many, many years, but that's got to start somewhere, right? It did. It did. And I have to attribute that to my grandparents. My grandfather was a deacon. My, my grandmother was a deaconess, raised us in the church. And for all intents and purposes, they raised us in a godly environment mm -hmm. to understand how to listen to God, to, to know when it's God. Um, because, um, one of the things they would share with me, and then along the line, of course, as I grew older, we always steer away. I, 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 you know, get away from the beaten path. But God drew me back in, and when He drew me back in, um, it started in 1987, sitting at the First Baptist Church of Marshall Heights, and. For whatever reason, um, I had strayed away from Beaten Path. I had uh, gotten my wife to be now. We're celebrating 36 years of marriage. Um, but 36, no, I'm sorry, 40 years ago. I'm 62 now. 40 years ago, um, I told her, I said, I used to preach. And she's like, what do you mean you used to preach? How do you stop preaching? And I say, well, I... I just walked away from it. I had a church hurt and I just decided I'm not going back anymore. Um, and she said the unthinkable um, words. She said, you let God down. And I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't let God down. She's like, yes, you did. If you've been called to preach, then how can you stop preaching? And I sat there in that church, in the middle of the church, right in front of the pulpit, and as the pastor preached, um, I asked God, I said, God, if you still want me to preach your word, give me the book and the chapter that this pastor is going to preach from. He, he He's not the type of pastor that gives you where he's going to come from, mm -hmm. you know, prior weeks, anything like that. And I open up to Ezekiel 37. Can these bones live? And, 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 and when he opened up his text, he said, I want you all to turn to Ezekiel, chapter number 37. <laughs> and I couldn't do nothing but cry because I knew that was God. And from that moment on, I started what they call fleecing God and uh, mm -hmm. or Gideon and saying, God, mm -hmm. if this is you, then 
let me know. Show me a sign. And not any ordinary sign. Not let me just wake up the next morning or, you know, let me eat this meal or let the steak be cooked. No, something unusual. And, and since that moment, God has always shown me, this is the direction I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. Didn't mean to make it long, but I just... No, it's not long. That wasn't long. I, I, um, I knew from that moment. And, and from that moment on, I've been, I mean... I, 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 anything that's that's um, important, for lack of better words, um, if the profundity, I have to stop and ask God. God is this you? Because again, as I said, if God doesn't will it, you don't want it. I don't want to go through a bunch of heartaches and headaches over stuff that Winchester wants. When God says, "I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to go there." You went there on your own. Now, we know he's a God of grace and mercy, but at the end of the day, um, we still have to um, recognize that there are consequences for our actions. And I don't want to be a Jonah. (laughs) (laughs) Having that testimony is not one that I want to have on my resume either. No, sir. (laughs) I do not want to be a Jonah. So I'm, I'm curious. Have there been... You had the church hurt, you know, you get three pastors together. You've got six church hurt stories. Um, was has there been a time in your walk where you're hearing God's voice and you know the direction He's calling you, and but you, you know what He wills, but you still don't want it. Um, a few moments of time. Um, but I, I, I have to honestly say that there haven't been those times where it really wasn't, um, and I'm trying to think those times that, um, I've been trying to do his will. Um, I can't think of top of my head. Mm-hmm. I can think of some times where I didn't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, when I knew it was God and I let the church folk, um, guide me in a direction, if that's what you're sharing, um, if I could share that story, I knew that a couple of times I knew that God wanted me to do something mm. and I didn't do it. And I suffered the consequences of it. And one time in particular was when I started pastoring here at First Baptist Family Heights, I knew, um, and one of the visions that God has give, had given me was to start a senior housing. Um, two things my pastor instilled in us. He says, when you get pa- start pastoring, um, make sure you endear yourself to your seniors and your children. Um, not that we are neglecting the other middle folks, um, but make sure you endear yourself to your seniors and your children. So one of the things he showed me was that we were to purchase this house down the street that we were going to turn into a senior housing to take care of those who are uh, uh, in nursing homes. I, at the time, I had maybe about four or five um, parishioners who were in nursing homes mm-hmm. and whose families had already shared with me that if we did get a um, senior housing or senior uh, 
development that they would pull their personalities from those places and put them in the senior home. And so um, to make a long story short again, um, I uh, say, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm sure you'll work it out. And and what happened was I had put in a, a telephone call to a young lady who was selling the house at the time. And this was maybe six months later. Um, nothing ever came about. And then lo and behold, I get a call. After I had that prayer, I get a call. And she says, um, I had been trying to reach you, but couldn't reach you. And so I said, I'll try one more time. And she got me. And she was selling the house. She said, the reason I'm calling you, Pastor Winchester, is because I could very well give this to somebody who's an investor. And all they're going to do is flip it and make money off of it. But I want to give it to you or the ch- in the church because I know that you are going to use it for ministry. Um, and so I said, well, God bless you. Um, and so she was selling it at the time. It was a house that they had renovated. It was um, newly um, remodeled and everything. Tice house, still up the street, actually. And every time I ride by there, God reminds me, this could have been you. Um, but what happened was someone has broken in and stole all of the copper pipes out of the house. Um, and so all it needed was to put the copper pipes back, little drywall, plastering, paint, and be done. And she says, I'm willing to give it to you for 120000 mm. It was, I think, appraised for at the time, one hundred and sixty or 180000 mm. I said, well, thank you. I'll do. Uh, we're going to jump on it. I go to the church. And at the time, we had our boards. And uh, no pun intended, but they bored me to death. <laughs> they said, well, Pastor, I don't know. Um, I don't think we can do it. And I say, well, I go to the lady. She says, well, look, I really want you to have it. She dropped it down to $80,000. Oh, my goodness. 80000 double almost the equity we would have had. She said, but the only thing is, um, if you do um, purchase the house, um, it'll be free and clear. And so I take that back to the church and I say, look, she said she's willing to give us to 80000 The only thing we have to do is give her $10,000 down payment. Well, I say, well, God, I know this is what you want me to have. I say, but can you just please work this out so that they will know that this is you? I brought her into the church. She said, if we could come up with $10,000, it'll work. Um, and the lady that... Um, um, I had a deaconess in the church at the time whose husband had just passed and she didn't know anything about this um, because she had been home bedridden, but she decided that watch this. She was going to give the church (laughs) $10,000. I say, okay, God, I know this is you. But when I went back to the church and the church said, well, I don't know, Pastor, if we take out a loan, they want us to put up, we have two other properties. Um, we have to put the church and the properties up for collateral. Of course, they didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. One of the trustees, I remember to this day, standing up saying, they're going to they gonna come take our church and they're going to lock the doors and we're not going to be able to have church. 
if we foreclose on this loan and, and things of that nature, and, and that one person got everybody saying, no, we can't vote this in. And, and to add to, so that's one of the stories I can share with you that I knew this was gone, but I didn't do it. And to this day, it still hurts me because I, I knew what's... God could have used that. Hey, Amen. Can I tell you what's really interesting to me about that story? The, I asked you the question because I think that, A, you know, Jesus talks about my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And that's what you're describing. And that's not just a I'm a pastor or I'm teaching people. That's every believer is to be learning how to discern and follow the voice of Jesus. And so as we're, you know, as we look at the the podcast here is aimed at encouraging the young believer. But that experience of um knowing that you've heard God's voice and then struggling to see that come through is one that I think we're all going to face. And that that's the reason I asked the question. But what you're describing sounds to me a lot like what God himself must experience when he is clearly speaking to us and we don't trust him. Right? Because yeah. what I'm hearing you say is the, the oftentimes, you know, we want to have we want to have it down pat. I know the reason. Here's my proof. This is how I know God has said X, Y, or Z. And that's that's a reasonable thing. But the walk of faith is not a walk of here's the proof. The walk of faith is I'm holding my father's hand and I'm going where he goes because he told me go. Yeah. And when we when we pull away from the hand, we say, Well, are you sure we're going that way? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. as pastors, our responsibility is not to tell people go this way. Our responsibility, as we've said here in this podcast several times, follow me as I follow Christ. Yes. I'm holding his hand. I'm asking you to trust me and hold on to my hand. Yes. And I'm going to keep on holding his. And when that doesn't happen and we can see the result and it hurts us because we say, this was, I had something better for you. This was avoidable. Yeah. And I'm still going to come. I'm still going to be gracious. I'm still going to draw you back and give you more grace, as scripture says, so that you can follow again. I, that's, a, that's a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's amazing. Well, I, I thank you. I, I know that um, sometimes we don't always get it right. And I do thank God for his grace and his mercy. And to this day, I, I feel as though God um, says, okay, I'll give you another chance. Um, and he keeps giving us chance after chance after chance. Um, and, and there are a lot of things that I know um, perhaps that um, we should be or could be doing. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I, I, I recognize that I learned from that to listen to God mm-hmm. and to not allow people or, or to trust him enough. I listened to the fact that I should trust him enough to know that, that even if, if they don't go or if they don't, I got to hopefully pray and, and ask God to show them um, as you have shown me. And then sometimes you're still going to have those who are not going to follow or who are not, or who've heard God's voice and still are not going to um, listen. Uh, the end times is very clear that, but I think uh, as many as I can, we try to uh, share with them the way and show them um, that this is a walk of faith. There's some things you're not going to understand. There's some things you're not going to um, uh, 
realize um, or, or, or think that's going to come to fruition. But you just got to trust God and, 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 and ask God to do what only he can do. So not, you know, I know this has been a, a fun filled up time together for you. Um, and I know you shared some tears over a lot of good memories and tough memories at the same time. But I still haven't heard you, how you came to Christ. <laughs> and um, that's been one of the things we've done with all the pastors we've been meeting with. And I want to hear your story. How did you come to know Christ as your Savior? I was nine years old. Uh, at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, I had uh, come to church, and when the pastor, Reverend John C. Honor, J.C. Honor, as they called him, and it's interesting because the pastor, my predecessor was J.C. Mines, so I guess this is J.C. thing that's following me all <laughs> these years. <laughs> um, and, uh, but um, I was nine years old, and after he finished preaching, Everybody had left the church, not left, but, you know, they, they, they had given given the benediction. And I walked up to Reverend Honor and I said, um, I want to join the church. I want to join Jesus Christ. And he said, whoa, whoa, stop. Wait, made everybody come back in to the church. Um, and he took me in and baptized me um, in uh, that, that next Sunday. He baptized me that next Sunday. That's and for real right there. Yeah, I, I got to know Christ at that young age, at nine years old. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. I, as I, I was raised by my grandparents, they instilled in us. Um, I, I, I've known church all my life, practically, um, since the age of nine. Um, in the uh, youth choir, usher board, doing the whole nine yards. Um, and God just was orchestrating all of that, um, raising me or putting God people in my, fearing people in my life who raised me to where I am today by the grace of God. Mm. (laughs) So I, um, and I've been running for Jesus and I'm not tired yet. (laughs) (laughs) this month of october is really a a month man that um god has just got us doing a whole lot of things um but i would not trade this for the world i kid you not and uh, i I read a t-shirt once that's saying if if um following jesus christ was this much fun i would have come a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) because they think that Christianity is some stick in the mud. You got to be holier than thou and religious. All, but Jesus gave us life and 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 enjoy to to enjoy life and have it more abundantly. And I know sometimes we can take that scripture out of context, but I really sincerely think that He wants us as His children to enjoy life and to um, experience things of life. I I, I used to be one of those personalities that was just existing. Um, but I stopped existing now and I'm starting to live. Some people mm-hmm. just existing. Um, but when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you don't just exist, but you live that life, that abundant life, that blessed life, that life as a servant, that life of humility, that life that says that um, 
you love God and the people of God. And that's your main purpose. So that's where I am at this juncture. So you mentioned your book, Pastoring 101. Yes, sir. What was the, uh, gen- I, I'm sorry, I, I did not know that you had written that. I would have read it before. But where did that book come from and um, what sits, what are you saying through it? It came from God sharing with me um, because one of the things I had um, come to discover is that there are not a lot of, uh, or having dialogue, put it this way, having dialogue with some of my colleagues and some of the, my friends who were um, talking about pastoring or who were fresh into their uh, ministry of pastoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, God played it on my heart to share with them um, several things as relation. I was going to think if I have it here in front of me. Um, in my, I know I have it at home. Um, but one of the things it, it he, he had wanted me to share with them is to be sure of your calling. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you are where God wants you to be. Um, some of the other chapters in there were uh, keep your nose clean. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm sure you know what that's all about, making sure that you're living a godly, righteous life. Um, watch the ones that meet you at the train station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you come into pastoring, you're always going to have those who always want to bend your ear and, and tell you about everybody else. <laughs> but you very rarely will hear their story or know their story. And so those are just some of the things that God wanted me to share with those pastors, um, either the ones who are wanting to become pastor or, or novice uh, at, at being a pastor, mm. uh, just to share some of those tidbits um, along the way. Because I didn't have anyone sharing with me, by and large. Um, I talked with some of my pastors because, of, of course, uh, becoming a pastor is a humbling experience, man. I don't know why anybody would want to do it. But at the end of the day, to be humbled enough to know that Christ is willing to use me um, as his servant, um, I, I, I needed to share uh, with others what that entailed, what that looked like, what what it, what it feels like. And I just wanted to, the, the, again, I guess that's just the um, part of me that wants to make sure that everybody um, pouring into somebody else. <laughs> Make I, think sure that, I think that'll be the, the title for this episode is Pastor and Sergeant. I don't know why anyone will want to do it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I do not for the life of me. Um, and, and one of the things I, I remember ask, uh, asking the question, uh, Dr. Joseph, when he asked me, and I, you might not remember this, but you asked me about did I have any experience teaching? Um, and at the time, I was had been pastoring, what, a few years? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Teaching can't be too much different from pastoring. We just have older children <laughs> that we have to train and teach and 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 and, and um, hopefully and prayerfully navigate through life uh, on a spiritual plateau. So, mm-hmm. um, as pastoring, sometimes we just have a lot of people who um, we have to um, teach. And preached and and helped uh, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and so, what that looks like sometimes, um, you might have to save yourself from a whole lot of heartache and headache if you would understand that some things um, you have to use a serenity prayer. 
God uh, um, help me to accept the things I cannot change, encourage to know the difference, give me the wisdom. Um, and so at the end of the day, um, I know that um, with pastoring, yeah, sometimes you're going to have those um, people as Paul had to deal with in Corinthians. <laughs> um, but you got to be able to um, understand that with Christ, all things are possible. Um, and so I, I, I teach, even teach the children today. My, one of my mottos um, that I even have here at the church is I, I lived and we raised our children. My wife and I raised our children on Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, and so there's no such thing as I can. If you avail yourself to Christ or avail yourself to God and through the Holy Spirit, uh, there's no telling what you can do. I have one question. Yes, sir. I've heard a lot about you praying and asking God for wisdom when it comes to your calling, when it comes to um, what is next. How do you know when it's time to a season's coming to an end? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have an answer, that's fine. No, 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 no. The reason I say that is because when I um, was elevated to the position that I am now at Woodstream, someone asked me that very same question uh, a few months ago before, uh, back in um, June, July. Mm-hmm. How do you know when your time is up? How do you know when your tenure is up at Woodstream? Why are you here? And, and when they asked me why am I here at Woodstream, um, my reply was, because God hasn't released me yet. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, how do you know when God will release you? And the only reply I could give them is, I will know when he closes that door, close that chapter. I will know within my spirit, okay, God, if this is you, you either have something else for me to do, or you will put it in my spirit that, okay, your time is up. Um, th- th- you no longer um, have to be in this assignment. As some people or some pastors, I say, I'll be glad when God released me from this assignment. Well, I'm here until God says enough is enough. And when that is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he'll show me a sign. He always does. Or he always shares with me um, wherever he wants me to go. And that might look like closing some doors. Um, That might look like him opening some doors. And, and, um, because I believe God closes a lot more doors than he opens, um, because he wants to navigate our lives and to show us which way to go. And so, um, I have put in several applications for different churches because I was saying, uh, God, I don't want to deal with these people anymore. <laughs> and God was like, no, that's not it. That's not it. These are your people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The Moses mentality. (laughs) These people you gave me, God, I don't know. (laughs) Send me someplace else. It's so funny how similar it is to what Adam said about Eve. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This woman you gave me. (laughs) I remember being at um, Washington Bible College and and my music um, instructor, I tell this joke to this day. He says, Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the snake, and the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, that's that's one of those things where I, I don't know. I just have to say whenever God closes that door, I'll know. He, he'll let me know. What, what I hear coming back through all these things is I, I know what his voice sounds like. And I've learned yes. to trust it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have so, to. So if you had your students in front of you right now, if your students were listening, by the way, you, you please feel free to listen to assign to your students to listen to this episode. <laughs> I think okay. that's a great thing. I will make that an assignment. <laughs> if I would, I would definitely make this. I'll make and back and back they need to people. share it for credit. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. If I they were listening, what advice would you give them as they follow Jesus? To my students. I would share with them to make sure that you're hearing from God. Many times we ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or we ask them, what is your plans for life? And and I've heard the old aid adage and the cliche is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what you got planned. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would share with them. Never say what you are not going to do. Always know that God has a plan for your life. Um, and that plan is centered around you availing yourself, number one, first of all, to him as his child. Um, make sure that you know Jesus Christ for yourself. And then make sure that you're following his instructions, the Bible, as we know it, basic instructions before leaving earth. Make sure that you're following his voice and following his word. In latter days, he spoke to us by the prophets, but in these last days, has spoken to us through his son, through his word. Make sure you're following the word and don't let anybody or anybody tell you what you cannot do or cannot be because you can be and do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's a good word. I want to uh, confess right now that the um, that I just learned something because I there's a song by a band called Burlap to Cashmere that I've always enjoyed called it starts with uh, the, the the line basic instructions before leaving Earth. I, I never <laughs> never made that connection. Really, before. never. <laughs> it's Are embarrassing. You? Wow! I'm turning. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, I'm turning red right now. Wow. <laughs> So it's never too late to learn something. I guess that's my that is true. We're we're ever learning. We are ever learning. Ever learning. That's great. No matter how old you are uh, or age you are, you're never too old to learn. Mm. Never too early. God is always teaching us something. Always. Always teaching us something. Wow, that's really good. Um. If people want to reach out to obviously you've written a book. Have you written more books? And where can people I do. find and find um, I have others that are, are being published as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have several of them. Um, I've written them, but I've never had them published. The only one that I had published was, the, of course, the one that I got from Liberty University uh, mm-hmm. Seminary. Um, and that is uh, Seven Essential Keys to Success, mm-hmm. uh, Developing the Spiritual Discipline and the Leader. Okay. Um, so that's one of them. My Passing 101, I did have that one published, but not through Amazon and those places. And so I'm working with a young lady now. Um, I, I just got off the phone with her not too long ago and an email. 
And so she's going to try to publish all five of the ones that God has given me to write. Um, the last one that I've been writing, for some reason, I can't seem to finish it, but God is going to allow me to finish it. But I have From the Heart of a Pastor, mm-hmm. Pastoring 101, um, 70th Century Keys to Success, uh, Developing the Spiritual Discipline or Wise Discipline in the Leader. Um, uh, then I have a book of ABC Meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, where every day God allowed me to um, write a meditation for each day of the year. Um, but it was in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they was doing it over and over and over. Um, and then he would give me different scriptures to uh, meditations to add to that as well. And so those are being published. I have a um, Daniel 21 Day Fast booklet as mm-hmm. well um, that I have. Uh, God has given me, but the, the last one, well, I'm not going to say the last one, but the, the one that I've been working on now, um, is, um, soils S O I L S. And each of the, those letters are an acronym, um, S O I L S. And if y'all pray with me, the Lord will allow me to finish it. Um, but it's, it's streams of income leave security. And we got, I, I got the revelation from the book of Revelations where the streams are pouring in um, from the different uh, streams and rivers uh, pouring into um, um, the lake. And, and so um, that's what he's given me, that, that sometimes the mistake we make is putting all our eggs in one basket instead of giving God something to work with. Um, and so, um, if you know my background, um, I not only am passing and not that I look at that as an income or source of income or as a job, but I look at it as a ministry, but the other entities that I have is I am a contractor. Um, I can do plumbing, electrical, um, carpentry work. I also teach. Um, I have real estate and, um, and I'm author. So I, I give God different, multiple streams of income, giving him awesome. something to work with. That's uh, awesome. So, uh, I, I wanted to put that into the hands of the people and, and just, again, try to pour into someone to let them know that if you had a good government job, that's good. But what if that good government job folds, then what are you going to do? Or, um, and, it's, and it's not that God can um, do anything, uh, that he moves in miraculous ways. He can do anything but fail. But I believe if you give him something to work with, that's why, again, the education. The more I educate myself, I, I discover the better I, I give God something to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know, Dave, you might not say that, uh, Dr. Joseph, um, but I did not know that a lot of personalities that were stream came out of Liberty. And I mm-hmm. kind of like to think that might've been one of the reasons why I got the job. I didn't say that, but I don't know. <laughs> I knew it was God. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, again, it was an easy yes. It was, no, <laughs> I know. It was an easy yes. I know. So if but, people want to follow you or uh, get in touch with you, how would they do that? Actually, our website is FBC. FairmountHTS.org. That's F A I R M O U N T H T S. 
fbcfairmounthts.org. That's our website. Uh, we also on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on, uh, that's our live stream. Yeah, YouTube and Facebook and our website. Um, you can follow us there. Uh, we're at First Baptist Church, Family Heights, Maryland, Incorporated, 806 58th Avenue, Family Heights, Excellent. Maryland. Excellent. Yep. It has been an absolute pleasure spending this time with you this afternoon. Thank you for being generous with your time. Thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for encouraging us. This is um, timely, not just in the general sense, but for me personally, I, I really have been uh, encouraged and edified. Well, thank you. And I'm humbled to even have you all to have me. So thank you uh-huh. for allowing me to share. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To the rest of you, quit listening on conversations. That's <laughs> Go do something. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know we love you. You can reach us at anchoredandvoted at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, prayer requests. We would love to hear from you. Please share this with a friend. That would bless us tremendously and hopefully bless your friends as well. And thank you for um, your support. Yeah. Thank you all for both. Thank you both for doing what you do. Um, we know God is, is pleased and, and certainly we, we're going to pray your blessings. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. That wraps up, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.